the uh, ebook is one that is on the Corsi Nation website. It's, um, you could just find the ebooks in the website and then you download it. Uh, essentially, it's very easy to download it directly from the website, buy it in the store, and download it. Get it immediately. Wonderful. Trump wins. Now, what I want to do is uh, this is argument in this book shows how I think Trump has a lock solid case. He's certain to win at the Supreme Court. And Charles, I've just sent it to you so you can look at it and uh, you should get it in a minute. Mm -hmm. And um, this book is one that lays out a strategy for Donald Trump at the at argument to make. Because part of the problem the legal team has, the, the team is doing a brilliant job. I think you have a, a brilliant job going on. My book explains it by Sidney Powell and she's on her own track but together with Rudy Giuliani and they are, you know, people need to understand both the constitution and how it works, which is takes a bit of, you know, this was on a Harvard PhD in political science. And I uh, did my um, doctoral dissertation uh, on the a constitutional issue. In fact, on, on these issues, we're going to talk about, mm -hmm. they were on first amendment cases and cases between the Supreme court and uh, what I'm saying is that uh, the strategy that the lawyers for the Trump are using uh, is, has got several facets to it. Number one, uh, they are going to these hearings in the various states and state legislators under the constitution, the first kind of line of defense, uh, the, our founding fathers knew that votes could be messed up. Mm -hmm. They knew that they could, in fact, have a um, they could, in fact, have a a, a a basic idea and structure to them that, as the, the vote was just such a mess, you could never unravel it. Right. Mm -hmm. So what they what they did was they said that the state legislators are really the pivotal people. They're the key mm. because right. they get to pick the electors. Right. Now, if the state legislatures think that the election set so messed up, they don't have to give Biden's electors, they can say, we're going to put Trump's electors in because these states like Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, they might have Democratic governors, but they've got they've got legislatures that are GOP controlled. Right. Mm -hmm. And and even the uh, Bush recount case, and, and I point this out in the ebook in, in uh, the 2000 case, Florida recount, Supreme Court said that the right of the legislatures to put in any slate they wanted. They may have been allowing for years or historically to, they, to people have the popular vote and whoever the people vote for as president in that state, they get the electors. You're actually voting for the electors for Trump or the electors for Biden, not directly for them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, basically uh, what you have to understand is you've got a situation here where the electors are the, the state legislature picking the electors is a first defense against a corrupt election. Right. They mm -hmm. can take it back. Okay. Now in this, and that's where Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, certainly Rudy Giuliani with these hearings is trying to tell the state legislators, this is such a corrupt election that there's nothing we can do about it because you're never going to fix this election. So give, do not put the Biden electors for, first. And that might work. Mm -hmm. Okay, that could create a problem in the electoral college where the electoral college 
can't get anybody 270 votes. Right. Because mm-hmm. they take sure. away the votes of Michigan and Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, et cetera. Biden doesn't get those. He may have a problem. Now, they don't necessarily give them to Trump unless they put the Trump electors in, and they might. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the point, the second line of defense, at the, the Constitution says, well, the Electoral College might be so messed up. Then it goes to the Congress to do the election, because, again, the elector, the state le- election, state legislature, they're elected by the people. Mm-hmm. So the people's vote at the election fails, then the legislature, that's still sovereignty. We're with the people. If the Electoral College fails and Congress picks the president, it's still, we, le- we elect the Congress, so it's still we the people. Now, the argument, it's hard, the argument you have to use to get an, something into the Supreme Court, it has to be a constitutional issue and it has to be framed right. And they're trying to get these state challenges where one of them maybe does not uh, succeed. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, you know, you've got a case you can appeal to get it into the Supreme Court. That's the normal way of getting things into the Supreme Court. Right. Okay. But you can do it a different way. This is what I point out in this ebook. It's so important people understand this. I explained it actually today. I really started explaining it uh, that uh, they're getting it because this is a novel argument. This argument's never been made in the history of the United States exactly the way I'm going to make it. But it comes out of two cases that Supreme Court Justice Roberts is very interested in. One is Abbott v. Perez. That's, and I discuss this in the ebook. Okay. Uh, and, and it is a uh, 2018 case. It's a, it's, a discrim- it's a voting rights redistricting case from Texas. The other one is very similar. It's Shelby County v. Holder. All right. And if you've got the book, you can see, you can look them up it. in the, yeah, good. That's a searchable book. You can look for it in mm-hmm. the advanced search and find it. Okay. Now these are cases where in Texas, the redistricting was aimed to uh, basically give unequal rights to Latinos because they wanted to make the Latinos broken up into all these different districts where the Latinos didn't have their own district where they lived, where they could elect their own congressmen. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so it comes to the Supreme Court and under the Voting Rights Act of 1965, this is the kind of a case that is on its face kind of suspect and likely to be thrown out by the Supreme Court. Right. But Chief Justice Roberts, who wants to get rid of the Voting Rights Act because he thinks it's antiquated, said, I want to see what the actual voters did in these Latino voters in Texas. And he said, the data and the voting doesn't seem to show any problem. They're electing a Latino congressman. They're getting their motions. Their, their, their votes are not unequal. There's so many of them now. This is not 1965. You know, they, people accept Latinos voting and there's plenty of them and they get what they want. So he said, this scheme is probably fraudulent in its design, but it's not making any difference. So I can't declare it unconstitutional because it's not having an effect. Mm-hmm. Now that means... Justice Roberts used voting data, political science data, sociological data, numerical data, which is regression equations and correlation equations. What's the probability mm-hmm. that there's an association between this scheme of districting and you don't get what you want in a Latino congressman? That's, the, that's that kind of evidence. Now, if you can use that evidence in these cases, in these voting right cases, and Justice Roberts says, I don't want any longer for the states to have to submit the redistricting and other voting plans to 
the federal level. The states can approve them themselves and the states are doing a good job. So here we say we can submit voting data, we can submit empirical data, we can submit prob probability data. And our argument is not gonna be, which the Democrats are saying, well, you can't prove fraud. There's not a case of fraud you can prove. Well, you have to prove these cases at trial courts or you have to file a series of cases in the state courts and we'll never have the time to get there. Right, Democrats exactly. knew time that. A, they're, they're basically playing uh, basketball. They're dribbling the ball, waiting to get to the finish right. line. Yeah. They're all passing at center court, sure. trying to not have to do anything to move the ball and have, make you lose time. Right. Because they know that if they win, that only a couple, you know, four points maybe in the game, if they just keep you from getting the ball, they win. They're running down okay, the clock. So mm -hmm. running down the clock. Now, with the argument I'm making, we could say we have empirical evidence. We've got statistical evidence. We've got probability evidence. We can show you that this could not possibly have been accomplished, the voting patterns we see, without fraud. In other words, the counting stops, and then all these ballots appear, and 95% of them are for Biden. That's statistically impossible given what we know about voting. The probability of that is nine, 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 you know, it's, you know, almost exactly data-wise, it's impossible. Okay. Data-wise, it's possible. And also these computers, we don't have to prove that these computers actually switch these votes here. We know that voters were switched because we can we saw it on television. Mm -hmm. We saw votes being switched. We did we got yeah, records they, of that. That's right. Mm -hmm. And these computers take in, they 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 record blocks of votes in fractions. So a Biden vote might be worth 1.25 and a Trump vote might be worth 0.75. Well, the only reason you do that is you can have a weighting scheme and that's how you fix the election because you can adjust. First of all, you disadvantage the Trump vote so they don't count as much. And then if you need to dial up some more, you dial up fewer Biden votes and you get a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's inherently... We can show this is inherently a fraud scheme. Same yes. with the whole idea. Okay, now these are arguments where you're saying to the Supreme Court, we're not bringing you an individual case of this elector or this person who's vote, right, voting rights. We're saying that this was a systemic scheme to defraud an election. And all voting rights were compromised here because certainly anybody who voted for Trump, that's 70 million people. Right. And, and an unequal vote to right, right to vote here. And, exactly. Uh, this is such a massive issue, justices, that we're not going to go through the trial process. We don't have to come through the states. We're just laying this on your doorstep and saying, you've got to consider this because this is such a, a massive question on the scheming of time and the fact that we are representing all voters and all elections, we're raising a question about the nature of voting in the United States. Right. And this is a compelling question that you have to take in an original jurisdiction because the issue is to get it in an original jurisdiction. It involves all the states, it involves all the voters, and it's original jurisdiction. It goes to one gets, man, one vote. Basically. One man, one vote, 14th Amendment. Exactly. 
you know, this, you know, this, you make a brilliant case for it, uh, Dr. Corsi. How likely is it that the Supreme Court is going to hear it? And if so, when? Well, that's why we got to get this into the that's why I'm doing the podcast with you tonight. While we've got to get this out to the world, I'm making these points in my podcasts. I'm asking everybody to listen. That's why I wrote this ebook. It's Trump wins ebook. It's so important. Right. Okay. Because oh, this is, in, this in fact is the argument that it makes it, I think certain the Supreme court will take it because it cuts yep. through all the issues and it cuts through it in a way that the Supreme court pays attention. Now, I want, to take, I want to show you that this reasoning is really not so unusual. It's been being going on for a long time. It's just we never stopped and really looked at it this way. And this kind of analysis of it sharpens it in focus. But I'll take a couple of very famous cases. Um, uh, Brown v. Board of Education in 1954. Right. It's a Supreme Court case that decided that segregated schools were unequal. It's a 14th Amendment case. And it was argued by Thurgood Marshall before he became a Supreme Court justice. And Thurgood Marshall went into the Supreme Court and he said, Your Honor, your justices, we can show you that children who go to a segregated school do not do as well in their educational achievement. And they don't do as well in their life history as compared to students in integrated schools or students in majority schools. So this, they have inherently because of the structure of the schools, they have unequal rights to an education. Now that argument that he brought in was sociological data. Right, I remember, yeah. And he prided it that it was sociological data. They didn't have a case that was based on, we found this school and this, you know, this board who decided that they were gonna have segregated schools because they knew that it was gonna you know, they didn't care about these black kids. And it was, no, they went to, they said, look at, let's look at segregated schools as a class. This is a problem that appeals to the United States, all voters. And in doing so, what they're saying is, you've got to take the case and you've got to understand that we want to eliminate segregated schools. We want to reverse Plessy v. Ferguson. And, and it, you know, the case in the voting case, this, this 2020 case, there is no precedent for anybody supporting. Uh, there's no Plessy v. Ferguson. That was a Civil War case that basically said uh, slaves were second-class citizens, and so it was okay to put them in segregated schools. This Brown v. Board reversed Plessy v. Ferguson. Mm -hmm. We don't have to reverse anything in this case. We just have to say this is a massive fraud. It's so huge. We, we could be litigating this for years with criminal cases and investigating it. You, you go to the Supreme Court, you cannot allow this to happen or the integrity of our voting system is, is destroyed. I'll give you one more case. Mm -hmm. There's a 1927 case, Whitney v. California. It was a free speech case. It was a case that people were being tried under Alien and Sedition Acts, which were passed early in the Republic and then were revived and repassed with new laws during World War I. People were being put in speech in jail for saying, I think it's wrong to go to World War I. Let's not go. Okay. Eugene V. Debs, very sure. famous Went to labor union. Yeah. yeah he, he was put in prison for a speech he gave in Dayton, Ohio, mm -hmm. saying he didn't like the idea of bayonets going. He was a pacifist. Yes. Okay. Now, Justice Holmes and Shank V. U.S., very famous case that's kind of set all these cases, said you can't 
shout fire in a crowded theater. Mm -hmm. So not all speech is protected. That speech is irresponsible. So the Shank, which was a defendant, he said could be found guilty. But the point is this. Everybody said, well, what if the, what if the theater was on fire? Could you say, could you then say fire, you know, shout fire in a crowded theater to save lives? So it was a, it was a big principle, but it wasn't refined. By 1927, Justice Brandeis got a hold of it. Now he was brilliant. And Brandeis said, well, you know, uh, my dissertation, prior punishment, prior, prior, prior punishment, prior restraint, prior punishment and political dissent. If somebody's going to give a dangerous speech, could you stop them? Could you put them in prison? What if their speech was political? They were making a political point under the First Amendment. And I said, this was the Pentagon Papers case at that time. Daniel Ellsberg stole the Pentagon Papers. Yep. New York Times wanted to publish them. Washington Post, Supreme Court said they could because they didn't contain troop information or anything of an imminent harm. Well, that comes from 1927, this case, Whitney v. California, because Justice Brandeis said, whether the speech is a crime or not, whether you can stop it or punish it even before it's given depends on the probability it's going to cause a crime. And I said, if you're a lunatic you're, you're, and you escape from a sanatorium and you, when you break into a zoo, you stand before the cage monkeys and you say, we need to go downtown and burn down City Hall. That's not a crime. You're a lunatic. They hope you can't, the monkeys aren't going to get out of the cage. Nobody's going to, probability of that speech resulting in anything bad in terms of burning down City Hall is zero. Monkeys yeah. don't know what you're talking about. They can't get out anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you give that same speech to a group who've got torches in their hands and they're standing in front of City Hall and they're mad at the mayor. You've committed a crime. Sure. That's a probability analysis. It's a probability analysis. Probability analysis decides that. So now we've shown statistical evidence and probability evidence, which we've got in the voting case. We want to bring a case against all elections. We're protecting the integrity of elections. We want original jurisdiction to bring this case to the Supreme Court. I think we get it. I think we will. You know, you, you, it's the most compelling case I've heard. And uh, have you been in touch with uh, Giuliani about this? No, but I, I, I'm trying to, you know, they're so busy that they uh, don't need interruptions and they've got their own plan. And I am not criticizing their plan. Understood. I, I think that maybe we'll get some state legislators who can mess up the, because they're saying it's so messed up, we're not going to put in our electoral slate. Maybe they get one of these cases that they've got in the states where they have something appealable to this, they can be appealed into the Supreme Court because it's rejected by a state Supreme Court or another defect. Mm -hmm. But it's going to take time. And I don't want, don't want to count on that. I no. want to give them this argument. And I'm going to try to get this to Ted Cruz so he can start making it. He just made and a statement today to, um, pressuring the Supreme Court to take a case. So um, there's, there's it a was great... was the, it was the yes. Well, the case that he wants them to take was the case that originates in Pennsylvania, which is a very good case mm -hmm. where the uh, Pennsylvania um, passed a law for mail-in voting, but the constitution that denies mail-in voting wasn't changed. And there, that's a case where the 
state legislature, legislature did try to get mail-in voting, but it's got a defect in that they couldn't do it without changing the constitution. So the state passed right. an unconstitutional law, which is, you know, you can't have the state legislature set the rules of an election by setting them fraudulently. And that's- Right, well, the state Supreme Court in this case, yeah. I think it is. And the state Supreme Court, right. you know, which is, okay. And they, so they counted for three extra days and the mail-in ballots. And Justice Alito has already segregated those. Now they want an injunction so that the state can't certify the election. And uh, they've asked the Supreme Court now to actually hear the case because Alito just took a preventative action. Alito, each of the Supreme Court justices supervises the actions of certain district courts within circuits and circuit judges. And Alito is responsible for the circuit court, which oversees Pennsylvania. He stepped in and said, segregate these ballots. Sure. But that wasn't a decision. That was just a preventative action, right. like an injunction. And now what Ted Cruz is saying, that court had that ca this case has been petitioned to the Supreme Court. But see, that's only Pennsylvania. That's only 20 electoral votes. I want to get the entire election before the Supreme Court, where they can make a decision on is this election so messed up that we have to send it to the Supreme Court? That would we be ideal. Know how? Yeah, that yeah, would be ideal. Now we've got to get this mm -hmm. in the next few days. And I just briefed one of the attorneys on my ebook and what it's about. And I make some additional efforts to get this. If we can get this, what we're doing right here, I'll put it up on my website Absolutely. as soon as you can get this for me and we'll get this. I'll get it as widely seen as I can. Mm -hmm. But the point is, we need to get this understood by the Giuliani and Sidney Powell team. Right. Um, it's better that we explain it to them like this because they're locked into a strategy. And I don't want to disrupt them from the strategy. I think their strategy is actually brilliant. Uh, but I'm in the mode of trying, let's try all of the above. Let's not just rely on one strategy. Absolutely. Let's try all, all the strategies. All hands on deck right now. I mean, this is with this week and next week are critical. This will be the yes. the linchpin of whether or not this what I would describe as a coup is successful, or whether or not we preserve our election. I mean, it really comes down to that. And so, the Supreme Court justices will take the case. God willing, God willing. So we've got to get this argument made, and we've got to get it circulated. Indeed. And I'll make sure we do it. I'll make sure it gets out there. Good. Thank goodness. I'm, I'm glad you're on the case, Jerry. I'll well, send, I'll send this right up to you and uh, send it send out it to out. me. Right. Send it out right away. We'll do. And uh, we'll post it. OK, God Very bless good. you, Charles. God bless you. God bless you as well, Jerry. Take care. Thank you.